right, Matthew 19, going to begin at verse 16. And behold, one came and said unto him, Good master, what good thing shall I do that I may have eternal life? And he said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, and that is God. But if thou wilt enter into life, keep the commandments. He saith unto him, Which? And Jesus said, Thou shalt do no murder, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not bear false witness, honor thy father and thy mother, and thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. The young man saith unto him, All these things have I kept from my youth up. What lack I yet? Jesus said unto him, If thou wilt be perfect or complete, go and sell that thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then said Jesus unto his disciples, Verily I say unto you, that a rich man shall hardly enter into the kingdom of heaven. And again I say unto you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were exceedingly amazed, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus beheld them and said unto them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'm going to turn to Mark, the count, and it also carries this same account. Everybody said praise the Lord. Mark chapter 10, and we're going to be right about the same verse. Mark chapter 10. And I'm going to begin reading at verse 17. And when he was gone forth into the way, there came one running and kneeled down to him and asked him, Good master, what shall I do? that I may inherit eternal life. And Jesus said unto him, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. He answered and said unto him, Master, all these have I observed from my youth. Then Jesus, beholding him, loved him, and said unto him, One thing thou lackest, go thy way. Sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor. And thou shalt have treasure in heaven, and come, take up the cross, and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about, 
and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God? It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. And everybody said, Praise the Lord. One more verse or two. Just flip a page and go to Mark chapter 12. I'm going to verse 28, Mark 12 and 28. And one of the scribes came, and having heard them reasoning together, and perceiving that he had answered them well, asked him, Which is the first commandment of all? And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. And the second is like, namely this, thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. There is none other commandment greater than these. Everybody said praise the Lord. I'd like to work on a little bit this morning on something my wife has done with the children for many, many years. And she would, they would say, I love you, and she'd say, more. So I'm going to ask you this morning, whom do you love more? Whom do you love more? You may be seated. The Lord bless you. The greatest commandment, Jesus, being asked, and how many times they came and asked him things, and their motives sometimes were not right. Sometimes they came to catch him in his words, try to trick him. And uh, he knew their hearts, he perceived. I, I particularly enjoy, enjoy reading when uh, Jesus was bid to eat at a religious person's home. And so he acquiesced and he went. He said yes, and he went. And uh, he sat down at meat at Simon's table and as you read, you find out that there were others there of that particular religious persuasion. And, uh, you know, there is that persuasion that is of men. And then there's that which is of God. And you certainly want to discern the difference. And so, as Jesus sat at meat, the Bible said a woman came in, which was a sinner. She came in and trembling, weeping, crying, approaching from the rear and uh, trying to show as much deference and respect as she could, as she knew how. And uh, she had with her a, a box, a very costly ointment. 
was in that box. It was a very special type of box, and it was a costly gift and something that in her life she had so little of anything that was costly. And uh, this was a great treasure to her. She brought it. And she knew that in giving this to Jesus, I'm giving him, giving it all to him. There is, you know, it's kind of like the, the chicken and the, and the pig when they were walking down the street talking to one another and, and the chicken said, why don't we give them something to eat, give them breakfast. They look kind of hungry over there. And the pig looked at the chicken and said, well, that's easy for you to say. He said, all you got to do is pop an egg out. He said, I got to give it all. Well, that's what happened here when Jesus had this woman with this box. And this box was give it all. You, you couldn't, there was no, I had some stuff that was a topical for a, like a rash and you took it, the top off and you put the cream on and then you go to put the top back on. I could never get the top back on. And so I had to, you know, go to my wife, pitiful-like, and say, I can't get the top back on. Can you handle this? And so she'd look at it, put it right back on. And I'd, I, I would definitely go away sorrowful. <laughs> I'd go away like, wow, she made that look so easy. Well, that's like when I can't find the keys to her truck. She just goes over to her purse, plunks her hand in there almost blindly, and pulls out the keys. I'd been in there for 20 minutes and couldn't find them. As a matter of fact, I almost got lost in the purse. But uh, she just made it look easy, you know. And uh, you're talking about a, an ego deflation. That will definitely puffy you down. <laughs> so this woman, this woman is weeping, and she's trembling, and she's crying, and she, she breaks open the, the box because there was no there was no cap. There was no screw type thing that you unscrewed it and there was nothing like that. This was you break it and you give it all. There's no putting it back together. And so she did. She anointed his head. And she began to wash his feet with her tears. And she began to dry his washed feet with her hair. And uh, the Bible teaches that Simon, the religious man, looking at Jesus, thought within himself, if this man were a prophet, and if he were of God, he wouldn't let this woman be touching him. Jesus perceiving his thoughts. He said, Simon, he said, I have somewhat to say unto thee. Master, say on. We want to be preached to until we get preached to. You hear me? It's all good when it's all generic. But when the Lord puts it right on the spot, Thereby, you're right on the spot. You know, it's kind of like, I don't believe that. I ain't receiving that. Oh, yeah. 
Simon, the religious person. Well, Jesus said, Simon, here's what I have to say to you. He said, you know what? Since you invited me to come in here to dinner, he said, you, you haven't washed my feet, but this woman washed my feet. And he said, you haven't dried my feet, but this woman used the very hair of her head to dry my feet. You gave me no oil of anointing, but this woman, she anointed my head with oil. So he said, my question, Simon, to you is, There was a man that was owed some debt. Two people owed him. And they came to the man. They were called in. And uh, it was reckoning time, accounting time. And he said the one man owed 500, I'll use dollars instead of pence, okay? He owed $500. The other guy owed $50. And he said that the, the man that was owed the money, the lord of the business, the owner of the business, he said that he looked at the two people that owed him and he frankly forgave them. He didn't make arrangements for paying over time with some exorbitant interest attached to it. He just frankly forgave them. They just, he just took their bill and just ripped it up. Forgiven. Over with. He said, so Simon, tell me. He said, which of the two will love the most? And Simon, not being completely without intelligence, he answered and he said, well, I suppose the one to whom he forgave the most. And so Jesus said, you rightly answered. He said, this woman whose sins were many are forgiven because she loveth much. And he looked at the woman. He said, go in peace. Thy sins are forgiven. Thy sins are forgiven. And of course, now, now the inner thoughts and the inner things are going on and Jesus' is, his antennas are out and he's discerning and he's perceiving as they were thinking, who is this that forgiveth sins? Who is this that forgiveth sins? Have to find fault. Have to pick somehow. Got to avoid and go into evasive measures. I don't want to, I don't want to be preached to. Who's he to say that to me? What's he trying to say anyway? And all of these rationalizations bubble to the surface. And avoid and evade the real issue. The real issue. Who do you love, Simon? More. Do you love your religion more than God? Here comes a a fella, 
and all his life was raised up around things. And uh, in one account said he came running to Jesus, kneeling before him in front of everybody. I've seen people that they don't mind making a splash. They want them, they're working on their cannonballs. They want everybody to see them. That's what it's really all about for them. He made a big splash. He sent that wave of water all over everybody. He made sure he got everybody's attention. That young man. Uh, actually, he went to school here many years ago, and uh, he, he unfortunately was not able to catch up. And we had to, we were able to help him though to get his diploma, and uh, we routed him into a certain program, and, and he got his program, he got his GED through the program, and and he was not without talent, he was not without intelligence, uh, but he. Um, Many years later, he showed up here and uh, came to a couple of services, Sunday morning, Sunday night, a Wednesday night. He told me one day, he said, see the pastor? Yes. He said, I'm ready to make the walk. That's foreign language to me. I didn't know what he was talking about. You getting married? Walk down there. <laughs> what are you talking about? He'd been raised all his life, just like this young ruler that came and cried out in front of everybody, hit his knees, came running. Talking about making the walk, he made the run. What must I do to inherit eternal life? Well, this young man was saying to me, oh, I'm ready to, to make the walk up front. And Take Jesus as my personal Savior. You know, and I'm like, gee, I've, I've read it a few times. I never read that in the Bible. I never read instructions to take Jesus as your personal Savior, to accept him as your personal Savior. I never read that. Those, those weren't the instructions that were given. It's always interesting, you know, that Jesus will say something in his word, and then it comes down to what you say. And Jesus said this, but you say. And Jesus said this, but you say. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this rich young ruler is on his knees, and he's wanting to know, and Jesus begins to give to him the scriptures, chapter and verse. Thou shalt not do this, thou shalt not do that, thou shalt not do the other. And uh, he says, Oh, I've done all that from my defense. I was a young person. I was raised up to do that. And that was good. You know, the law is good, church family. Genesis to, to Malachi, there's nothing wrong with that. That's the old covenant, that's the old testament. Nothing wrong with that. But it, what you want to realize is that it's a blueprint. It's a shadow and a type and a preview 
It's not the very thing itself. You know, Jesus is the real thing. He is the Lamb of the Spirit. He did give His life. That's why you don't need to get confused. You just need some revelation. You need some light. You need God to open your understanding, Luke 24 and 45. Then opened He their understanding that they might understand the Scripture. Because in some places it said this saying was hid from them. So, you know, you got to be careful lest you think you're all that. Because there are things that are hidden from us. Because we're we're natural in our thinking. We're carnal in our thinking. We're sold under sin. And we need to be redeemed. We need to be redeemed. It's like the guy that was on a fishing boat. He was way up in the crow's nest. and He's the guy that was supposed to look for the fish. And they could go over that way and make a big catch, you know. And so he... He bellowed out that there they are, and they changed the heading, the direction. They headed that way, and and it was a big school of of uh, dolphins, porpoise type dolphin. And he got so excited, he came down off that crow's nest like a fireman going down the pole, and he got went out to the front of the boat, and he's looking and he sees all those porpoises and. And they start doing their thing, you know, they're jumping around, you know, and and uh and he thought he he said, I just wanted to reach out and touch them. So he was trying to figure out what to do, and so he ran into the galley or the kitchen on the on the big ship, and he's he's looking around, and he sees a dish towel. So he grabs a dish towel, ties a knot in it, he runs out there. And he said he leaned out as far as he could, and he said that porpoise came up and boom, he hit him on the head with the dish towel. He said that porpoise was in midair and looked at him. <laughs> like, say what? <laughs> and so he said after a while, all them porpoises were coming by. Hit me, hit me, hit me. And he's bump, 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 you know, just having a big time. He said it was the greatest day he ever had in his fishing life, was just hitting dolphins on the head with a dish towel all day long. <laughs> well, I'm saying that to you that... Um, there are things that we need from God. And we're okay with it if it's generic enough. But how are we when it really starts hitting close to home? How are we when it's smack right on the target? Then we, we find out about that flesh. We find out about what mom used to do with the toes, you know, this little piggy, this little piggy, and then get the last one, wee, 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 all the way home. We start squealing. Yeah, we start squealing. And that's your flesh. That's your flesh. That's when you need to hear the words man up or woman up. And uh, 
Jesus, the Bible said that, that Jesus felt such a burden for this individual when he said, all these have I kept from my youth up. He's on his knees. He, he cried out. He came running. And he's feeling pretty good because he's feeling safe, you know, because uh, everything Jesus said, he, I, I've been doing that since I was a youth. I was raised up to do that. I know that those things are right. And Jesus said, one thing, one thing I like. One place in the Scripture said that the Apostle Paul, had he was given license. We always like that. We play with that a little bit. And as he backed up on the steps of the castle to where he had a little elevation over the crowd, and he had asked the captain if he could please speak to the people in their native language. I have a lot of fun with that. I'll see somebody Haitian, and I'll say, Como se va? And then I'll go, and that's all I know. And they'll smile, and they'll laugh, and we'll usually have to go to English real quick like. And I pretty much do the same thing in Spanish and Indian and a few other things. I, I know a phrase or two of greeting, and that's about it. And, uh, of course, with the Jamaicans, I just have to say everything's going to be airy, and, and that's good. We're all on the same page then, and we're happy. <laughs> so anyway, um, I was saying that I, Paul backed up on the steps, and he's looking at the crowd, and and he began to speak to them in the Hebrew language, the Hebrew tongue. And uh, the Bible said that they, they heard him up to this point. Everything was airy up to that point. Everything was estabien. All well, all good. Up to that point. Up to the point that he said, it happened to be in that case that he said about God said he was going to send him far hence to the Gentiles. And that was it. They, that was it. That was, he, he stepped on their, their last nerve. He, <laughs> he, he just absolutely lit the fuse. And they exploded in roar. And they threw dust in the air. And they ripped their clothes. And they said, away with such a fellow, not fit that he should live. Now, just what exactly upset you? Will you go? And then you won't hear anymore. You shut it down. Jesus said one thing. One thing thou lackest. I would think that that would be the moment you sit up straight and you dial in. Man, just one thing. One thing. Okay, whoo, let's do it. I can do one thing. I can do one thing with both hands behind my back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Come on. One thing. Most of us do more than one thing. We drive the car and we text at the same time. I mean, we're a little bit all over the road, but you know. Most of us can walk and chew bubble gum same time. Well, some of us anyway. One thing, just one thing. And Jesus had a burden for him. The Bible said he loved him. 
He just felt such a burden for this individual. You know Jesus loves you. You know that he loves you. In the Bible said, while we were yet sinners, <laughs> while we were enemies in our wicked carnal mind and desires, he loved us. Nailed to a cross. What was nailed to the cross? A flesh. That's why he said, why callest thou me good? There's only one good. That is God. What do you think he was saying? He was saying, God is a spirit. Get the revelation. Quit fighting the revelation. There's only one God. There's only one God. And he chose to come in the flesh. In that body, the man Christ Jesus, known as the Son of God, dwelled the fullness of the very God bodily. Colossians 2 and 9. 1 Timothy 3.16, God fast, clearly shown and demonstrated in the flesh. He preached to this world. He was believed on in this world. He was received up into glory. That's the flesh. The glorified flesh, post-resurrection and crucifixion. He wasn't going to give any glory to the flesh. Good master. He wasn't going for none of that junk. He wasn't going to be puffied up. What one preacher said, he said, don't, don't come along and puffing me up. He said, because somebody will come along and puffing me down. <laughs> don't pump me up full of all that hot air because somebody's going to let it all out. Yeah. So, Jesus said, one thing. The guy has all ears on his knees in front of everybody. Made the walk. A little bit more to it than you just making a big splash and saying, Lord, I take you. I accept you as my Savior. Oh, how nice of you. <laughs> Do us all a favor. Yeah. So, one thing. He said, you go and sell all that you have. Sell out. Maybe he just knew those commandments. Maybe he wasn't really keeping them. Sell out. Stop doing what you're doing. Stop doing what you're doing. Yeah. He said, sell. Sell what you got. Get it to the poor. He said, come follow me. Come follow me. Now, you know, it was easy. Well, better to say easier for Peter and Andrew because they didn't have anything. came by and said, follow me. They were like, already, they said, I want to get out of work anyway. You drop the net and here we go. <laughs> I tagged you on that one, didn't I? Oh, brother, you didn't duck fast enough. Well, you know, hello.
They didn't have anything. No problem. But this dude had great possessions. Now, do you love God more? That's what he was saying. Do you love God more than your possessions, than your lifestyle, than your smooth ways? Jesus said in answer to the question, what is the greatest commandment? That you love God with all of your heart. That's all of your thoughts and your intellect and your emotion. That's not the pump pumping the blood through the body. You've got to think spiritual here. Love Him with all your heart. Love Him with all your soul. Your soul is your life. Okay? That's your life. God breathed into man's nostrils the breath of life, and he became a living soul or a living life. He got activated. You know, whoop, we up, we going, we up, we going. All, all systems are functioning. Eyes are seeing. Ears are hearing. It's all good. Pass God's uh, physical inspection here. Okay, time to go to work, Adam. We got a garden out here. Get with it. One day Adam came back and said, man, I'm a little lonely. I'm a little tired. God said, take a nap. Take a nap. Time for you to take a nap. He woke up. There was a beautiful woman there. He said, here she is. One woman giving her to you. Problem was he was like a lot of natural men. He wanted more than one. God gave them one. We live in a world they want more than one. Yeah, they want a stable of them. And, and, and the women are just as bad. They want a whole bunch of men because then each of them can bring them an offering. Well, moving right along, <laughs> Jesus said, sell what you got. Sell out. Come follow me. Peter and Andrew, no problem. James and John, no problem. They came a-running, friend. But this dude, he got up off his knees, dusted his pants off, and he kind of slunk away. Everybody looking at him. He saw his back heading out into the distance. He went away sorrowful, but he didn't go. He didn't go like he came. He he came full of rocket fuel, friend. He came running to Jesus. He came kneeling to Jesus. He came whoo, exclaiming. Fear, not, not any fear. He asked right out. No problem. But he didn't leave that way. He didn't leave that way. How many people will come all professing all kinds of enthusiasm up to a point? I 
woman not too long ago, uh, my wife and I had witnessed to her and dealt with her, and, and um, on this particular day, she might be a little sick. She came, and uh, I was there to teach Bible study, a place of business, and um, she came over, and she started discussing certain things, and, and uh, my Bible was sitting right there, and so I took my Bible, and I turned it around, chapter and verse, and I put my finger on it, and I said, read that out loud. Then Peter said, repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. He said, I believe that. I believe that. Well, I said, good, then we shouldn't have any problem for you and your daughter to come and be baptized like we were planning, right? Like you agreed to, right? She still has not come. And, you know, kind of like I only see the, the back of her going further away now. Yeah. Up to what point? Maybe you just need to love him a little bit more. Just a little bit more. Now the fun really starts with seeing Sitzfeld when one of the kids will say, I love you, and Sitzfeld will say, more. And then they'll look at her and they'll say, more. And then she'll say, more, 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 more. <laughs> Woo. Well, if you want to get in a little contest with the Lord, have at it. That's a good one to have. See how much you can show him that you love him. All right? Go ahead and get in there and throw yourself in full force. Feel free. He said, love God with the first commandment, greatest commandment. Love God with all of your heart. Soul, mind, the difference between heart and mind there is the difference, my friend, between your will and your thoughts. Okay? Your will. You've got to get the will. You've got to get the want to. Not that I'm going to, but I'm doing. Doing. Remember, Jesus said, he that heareth my sayings and doeth them. Got to be a doer of this word, not just a hearer. So up to what point? How far can you be led? As many as are led by his spirit, they are the sons of God. If you're not, if you can't be led, if you can't be bring yourself in line and you're going the other way, you're out of rank and out of step and out of harmony, then you're just proving. You're proving. It's like I tell the young people sometimes, they, they start doing something and I say, well, all you're doing is proving me that I'm right because I already told you that this was no good and you shouldn't do it and you're doing it and you're going the wrong way and you see the results of it, so guess who's right? 
that's the case where I don't want to be right. I don't want to be proven right. But unfortunately, you know, it's, it, unfortunately they proved that if I give an inch, it's like a mile. Miles of miles of miles and miles and miles. Right? So, love God, he said. Greatest command, love him with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. It's not just, it is Bible, that's the most important thing. But there are, you know, all these little pithy sayings that people come up with. Oh, they love to post them. Oh, they love to post them. You know, I don't know what it is, but I guess they just get on that Instagram. Or I like the other one. I, I think they, I'd like to get somehow part of that kick me thing. Because I'd like to kick a few people. <laughs> you know, I'd like to hook up a, a rope from their ankle over their shoulder and put it in their hands and they could just keep pulling it all day long, kicking themselves. <laughs> but, uh, oh, they get very brave, you know. They can say all kinds of things and they feel so deep. They feel so deep in what they say. And, you know, people in the world, I, ex I expect them to do all that kind of stuff. You know? But, you know, church people, People, I mean, people have truth. I would think that they would be posting Holy Ghost sayings, chapter and verse, subject matter. I, I would think that they'd be posting something that would really help somebody, really give somebody direction, spiritual direction. But you know what it is? It's, that it's, it's, it's like bloggers, right? Bloggers are, are anonymous. They're faceless. And they treat what they're doing as it's a sounding board. They feel they can say whatever they want to say. And no consequences. And they just rant and they rave. It shows a lot about them. It reveals a lot about them. The, uh, the scripture says for you to, to love God with all of your heart, all of your soul, all of your mind, and all of your strength. The scripture said, Whatsoever thou findest thy hand, find to do, do it with thy might. And uh, somebody read me a little thing the other day and basically said the same thing find something to do and, and do it with all of your strength. And I immediately thought, well, that's right in the Bible. You know, book of Ecclesiastes, right there. And uh, how, how often people are just looking for some way to vent. I read a bumper sticker the other day. Came up behind this car, couldn't help it, red light, so I stopped. Bumper sticker, car next to me. And it said, if you want to fight, fight like a real man. Get on your knees and pray. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I 
wanted to honk my horn, get up next to him and say, hey, man, I, you know. I would have laughed, though. He probably just bought the car and didn't even know the bumper sticker was on there, right? <laughs> He'd be like, well, what's wrong with you, dude? Do we need to call him and come get you in a straight jacket or what? You know. So whatever. But, uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, though. It, that is true. Yeah. One guy coined a little term uh, out of his church, uh, making war on, on the floor. Talking about getting on your knees, getting on your face, praying, you know, just entering into engaging in spiritual warfare. And uh, if, if we could use this God-given breath, if we could use this strength of sinew, if we could use these brains and thought processes for something so edifying and spiritual. That's prayer. You know, something that would convert somebody, pull them out of the fire, save a soul from death. People are, this world, they don't understand. They really don't. They don't understand about spirits. I read an account of a man that supposedly was some type of an actor, and uh, he was supposed to get married, and but he, he got his finances in a mess. He had no money to get married. He had no money for the honeymoon. Wanted to go on a cruise. I don't know why anybody would want to go on a cruise. Anyway, if you ever need me to explain that, I'll be happy to do that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it. I just said I don't know why they would want to. Holy Ghost person, that is. So, anyway, um, the, uh, he was about to lose his house or apartment or wherever he was living, behind on the rent. And uh, so he's supposed to be a very good actor. And, and uh, he goes over to this guy's house that he knows. This guy is a, a vet, served in just armed services. He was in Iraq. And uh, he goes over and tells the guy, I want to take you over and show you this old theater. We're going to have this production, whatever. And gets him over there and shoots him twice in the head and kills him. And then he takes the guy's phone. Oh, we're so sneaky. He, he takes the guy's phone and he texts the guy's girlfriend. Now, the guy he killed was about 30, and the girlfriend was 23. She was very bright, young, bright college student. And he texts her, posing as the guy that he's just killed, using his phone. Texts the girl, come to the apartment or house, whatever it was, and come there and meet me and whatever. And... uh whatever pretext he used. You know. So she came over and he shot her twice in the head, killed her. And people scratch their head. People don't understand. But you know, those of us that read the Bible, those of us that have this experience, we understand. We understand about evil spirits. We understand about the devil and the there will be no logic. 
there will be no love. There will be no gladness, peace, or joy when you get out there playing footsies with the devil. Okay? He comes but for to kill and to destroy and to pluck up what's planted. He doesn't come for any good reason. The Bible said there was no truth in him from the beginning. He's a liar, and he's the father of lies. He fathered lies. Think about that. He fathered lies. I heard about a very upstanding fellow. He was supposed to paint a bus for us, and um, he, uh, he never did get around to doing the job. And I think he told one individual member of our church here, said, well, you know, I've got 12 kids by 12 different women. So I think financially he was kind of tapped out, you know. Yeah. And so that was his excuse for never able to get around and to do what he was supposed to do, even though he was already paid for it. Yeah. And it's like the guy that shot the man and shot the girl. He told the officer when, the, when he was brought in, he just confessed it. He said, I, I'm crazy. He said, I killed him. I'm crazy. The devil will definitely drive people crazy. One father, one father came to Jesus. And he came with tears. And he said, help me. My son, my only son. He said, the devil taketh him. And teareth him. He foams at the mouth. He throws him in the fire. He said, come. And cast the devil out. Heal him. I've been trying and not getting anywhere. Come here. Come here. How many came to Jesus in just that way? Love him more. You can't do this bare minimum. You can't do this on your own terms. You can't do this on religion. Simon, who, who do you think is going to love more? The one to whom you forgave him? Well, that person that knows. That woman went away with a look. You know, when you get baptized in water, we're going to baptize two children this morning, and they should be coming up here any second. We're going to, when we baptize them, and they're little, they're young. Yes, they are. And, uh, but when anybody gets baptized in water in the name of Jesus Christ, they are then born again of water as they come up out of the water. That's what your Bible teaches. And... When that takes place, there is such a tremendous feeling of a loss and relief from load. It is lifted off, and you're given innocence. Everything is just wiped clean. Your conscience is clean. Everything is clean because of the blood that's in the name of Jesus Christ. Because he's the lamb. That flesh. It's like one woman knocked on my door one time many, many years ago and said that. I don't know how the conversation finally came about. And I said, well, just who do you think died on the cross? And she said, God did. And I said, honey, if God died, we're all in trouble. God didn't die. God's a spirit. What died on the cross was the flesh. That was referred to as the sun. The visible 
the visible manifestation of the invisible God, to wit that God, who is a spirit, was in Christ the flesh, reconciling the world unto himself. Brought the world back by dying on the cross for the world, for God so loved the world that he gave the only begotten. He gave the flesh that whosoever would believe on him as the scripture has said, subject to him, would not perish but would have everlasting life. What a great God we serve. Let's stand together. Maybe we just need to love him more. Maybe, everybody, said praise the Lord. Maybe we just need to love him more. Maybe we just need to, have you read your Bible where it said trim your lamp? In those days it was a lantern. Mr. Edison hadn't gotten around yet to his thousand experiments up in Fort Myers. You go to our church up there, you can go right by where Mr. Edison invented electricity and all of that, and the light bulb, rather. Michael Faraday did the electricity, but anyway, Mr. Edison did the light bulb after a thousand experiments. Aren't you glad he didn't quit at 998? The perseverance. So I'm saying, how about we just decide that maybe we just need to love him a little bit more, a little bit more, try a little bit harder, deny ourselves, repent, 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 put that, crucify that flesh, die to sin and sinful lifestyle. Sell out and come follow me. Take up the cross daily right through your city. And don't you think the city isn't looking. Oh, they're looking. They're looking. They're looking. Yeah, they're looking. I remember asking Marvin about a guy he worked with. He had a shirt claimed that he was an apostle. And I said, Marvin, what's with that guy? He said, he cusses like a sailor. Oh, well, that answered that. Okay. I guess that's what it meant, apostle, special messenger of bad words. <laughs> I guess that's what that meant. <laughs> he was proclaiming that, I suppose. Yeah. Well, you know, some people have to get a hat that says apostle. Some people have to get a shirt that says apostle. Some people need to get a graven image hanging around their neck. But, you know, Jesus has a church that lives life. Jesus has a church that they forsook everything and they've taken up the cross and they're not offended in him and they bear that cross through the city day in and day out and the city looking. City's looking. They're looking for somebody that's really got this thing. That's for real. They're not sneaky. They're not slipping around. You know. They're not trying to get by with everything. They sold out on that. They sold that out. 
They didn't get up off their knees and dust it off and run away. They said one thing, okay, Lord, we can do that. We will do that. Let Jesus show you and tell you and put his finger on what you need to sell out to. Maybe you need to say goodbye to the dolphins. Not the ones you hit with a dish towel, but the ones that wear the helmets. Maybe you're too caught up in some things. Just maybe. I love you, Lord. More. More. Jesus is wanting a little bit more. Okay? A little bit more. Let's take a moment. Lift our hearts with our hands, shall we? How about you tell them you love them? I love you more than drugs. I love you more than worldly music. I love you more than social media. I love you more, Lord, than anything. There's nothing I want to hold on to that would cause me to lose you. And these things will cause you to lose him. Because where your heart is, It's a struggle and it's a battle for every one of us. That's why I want to be a part of the church. That's why I want to come to my gym, my dojo here, and I want to work out. I want to lift my heart with my hands. I want to pray. I want to praise and worship Him. I want to be obedient. I want to submit. I don't want these to be foreign terms or experiences to me. I want to be on a first-name basis with obedience. I want to be on a first-name basis with subjection. Let's sing and worship the Lord, shall we? after you no matter what I have to do I need you